Hello, this is Oliver Wong of Soul Sides and the Heat Rocks podcast. And these are a series of little mini episodes that I am churning out as a way to both fill my time and hopefully your time during our social distancing days. These are all taken from questions that people have posted, uh, in this case from the Heat Rocks Facebook group. And these all come from Eric Peterson. I'm not trying to play favorites. I just really liked his questions. And one of the ones that he asked were about the books or magazines or radio shows that helped to influence my musical tastes. And by starting with the magazine question, it has to be the source, which I first began to read would have been probably in the summer or fall of 1989, which was the time at which I really got into listening and trying to learn about hip hop. And the source was more or less the primary game in town of that era. Their review section, which had the famous or perhaps infamous five mic rating system, was a big way in which I got turned on to new music because I would go out and pick up albums simply on the strength of them getting four or four and a half mics. This was an era in which they were really, really reluctant to give anything five mics. So four mics was a pretty good endorsement. And that's, I think I talked about this in a previous show, but this is how I ended up picking up Main Source's album, their debut album, Breaking Adams, back in 90 or 91. It's because it got four or four and a half mics in the source. In terms of radio shows, I mean, the first one that really comes to mind has to be the Wake Up Show on KMEL. Wake Up Show. Dropping the fed beats. On 106.1 KMEL FM, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. The era that I listened to the Wake Up Show was when Sway and Tech, along with Joe Quicks, were the primary uh, trio that did the shows every, God, was either Friday or Saturday night on KMEL, which was the urban contemporary station in San Francisco, or one of them, one of the major ones at the time. One of the things about the Wake Up Show is they would have all these different artists coming through, and one of the rules was if you came to the show, you had to freestyle. Anytime you step to a mic at this show, uh-huh. you uh-huh. must represent pride, pride. or you leave in a box. Yeah, ready for this? Right, yeah, check it out. Uh, check me out. The rock, we got the artifacts. It's Elvis and Say coming straight from NJ. We jumped on the plane. We coming over here to do some things. All right? So here we go. One, two, three. MCEL, check me out. Hey, yo, check this, check that. MCL must get fat, rocking off this fat track. And second, whack your F that. Words of life, I kick the hype, I type, I write, rap the gather. After my skills, master. The Wake Up Show was a hugely influential way in which I learned about new hip hop at the time. But also, one of the things they used to do on the show is Joe Quicks would play breakbeats original sample songs from the world of soul, funk, jazz, etc. that would be the way in which I first got to hear, oh, this is what got sampled in all these hip-hop songs I learned about. And that was just part of the show was to dip back into the past and spin these breakbeat classics. So, but right now, we about to go into this hip-hop classic, my man, the last soul brother, Joe, Joe Quicks. In the mix. Please get the bump. The Wake Up Show rules Friday nights on KMEO. 
I heard years later that one of the people who would turn Joe on to some of the records that he would play during these segments was Matthew Africa, who was a DJ and later friend and mentor that I met at KALX, the college radio station where I got my start as a DJ. And as I've talked about in, in other times and other shows, Matthew was just a crazy fountain of record knowledge, and it didn't surprise me to learn that he might have been one of the people to help uh, put people like Joe up on a lot of these classic breakbeats and whatnot. So yes, yes, all love to the Wake Up Show. And just hip-hop radio of the early 90s, was it was magical. I know that might just be my nostalgia talking, but I would not trade those memories of listening late at night to these mix shows for anything. All right, one more question from Eric Peterson. Artists and bands that you think should have been bigger. My original answer was going to be British singer-songwriter Labby Siffrey, but I ended up talking about him during my episode on comfort music, which by the time you hear this is either about to air or would have already aired. I think probably it's coming up, but that would have been my number one answer. So if I'm going to go with the number two answer, and this is real left field because it just popped into my head. Positive K. Yo, L, have you seen a girl lately? You know the one that we freak kind of crazy? We had them all eight through 80, but this one... She was acting kind of crazy, saying, baby, I got you, baby. She said, baby, <laughs> I got you. Check it out. In hindsight, it's striking that Positive K didn't have a bigger career than he ended up having. This is someone who first really came, I think, to prominent attention in the late 80s when he duetted with MC Light on a song on the first priority label called I'm Not Having It. I've been trying to get a little closer, but you won't let it. Well, if I see something I want, I just go out and get it. I'm like a floozy, I'm choosing. I don't fall for tricks, because guys be running games like the New York Knicks. But on the square, dear, you know your style, it really tempts Don't try to gas me up on a tank that is empty. On a side note, all three, I believe it's three, of Positive K's singles on first priority are worth tracking down. And across the late 80s and early 90s, he was mentored by the likes of Grand Poobah from Brand Nubian. In fact, you can hear at least one or two different songs by Grand Poobah where he shouts out Positive K. And then Big Daddy Kane was another uh, major figure who was trying to help promote Paz K's career. I first got turned on to him through his 19, I think it's 1991 single, Night Shift. Me to propose a toast from the pies and not the new Martin Celeb Gross. In this event, I've come to swing, bust the move. This is the crown for the king. That song is powered by a great sample from Lee Moses, just FYI. In any case, Positive K's career peaks around 92 with the release of his debut full length album, The Skills That Pay the Bills, which I think came out on 4th and Broadway. It had production from Easy LG, Big Daddy Kane is on there, Jazzy J does a few beats, and I think the biggest hit was I Got a Man, which was similar to that MC Light duet, except this time he is rhyming counter to himself, except he pitches his voice up to sound more like a woman on this very playful single. 
I get kind of wistful for this era of hip hop, not just because I was in my late teens and early 20s, but because for producers, this marked a shift away from the dominance of James Brown or P-Funk samples that you would have heard in the late 80s. And it's right around the time that digging the crates begins to become a mantra for producers to go out there and find other sample sources. And the work on this Positive K album, especially for 92, has that kind of let's see what we can find out there and throw it together and see how it sounds quality to it and i think one of my favorite examples of this is the song a flower grows in brooklyn which uses i think it's the five stair steps out of chicago actually two different loops by them the drums as well as the guitar and it just comes together beautifully here shout out to producer easy lg come on. i said yeah. oh, come on she don't want me for my money Laughs at all my jokes Especially when it's not funny And I confess that I'm an all true man She got a fly head Let her drink is on her hand Her ears is pissed And then them diamond chunks My rhymes is fair So once you back up I could needle drop through this entire album And find a lot of moments that I love even though I don't think this album is going to compete with, let's say, Mecca and the Soul Brother as one of the best albums of 92, it is a very well-executed, super fun album to check out. And it, to me, is just a great example of what hip-hop in 92 sounded like in terms of the sense of play and potential, which brings me back to the fact that after releasing this, and despite I Got a Man being its own hit, his recording career more or less vanishes after the album comes out. There's a couple of singles that follow, but by and large, there's no follow-up album. And I only learned through reading an interview that he did with Robbie Uncut. That's unkut.com. Uncut.com has a great interview with Positive K, who explains that he was supposed to have done an album with Grand Puba that ended up being scuttled. And he ended up moving, this is Paz K ended up moving into record promotions instead for a few years and then tried to come back around 96, 97 or so back into recording. But by that time, hip hop had changed significantly enough that a lot of early 90s rappers, not just Positive K, but he's a good example, I think had a harder time being able to find footing stylistically given where rap music had shifted, even in just those five intervening years. So for all these reasons, Pause K is my answer to the question. An artist that you thought would have been bigger. I think at least I would have loved to hear a second album. I would have loved to hear that that duet album that he was supposed to do with, with Grand Pooba. Apparently there is at least one recorded song out there that's somewhere in a vault. Maybe it'll surface at some point. But until then, I appreciate people listening to me musing on Paz K. This is the most I've ever spoken in my life about Positive K. But seriously, it's a great album. His earlier singles, it's all worth checking out. Thanks once again to Eric Peterson for throwing such great questions for us to answer. If you got something that you want to hear me tackle, you can post it to the Facebook group in Heat Rocks or on my website on soul-sides.com. Either way, I'm Oliver Wong. It's been my pleasure. And I hope to do this again real soon for y'all. It's all over now.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.